the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, back to party time here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 7 o'clock hour. We'll have your traffic and weather for you as this hour goes on. But we're starting off with a very special guest. Kelly uh, Vallis is going to join us. She's editor of the American Conservative. And I go to uh, watching Brian Lamb's uh, uh, network that he started to see her interviews at times and because I don't think she's used enough by... Uh, Fox, CNN, and the others. She's got a lot of great things to say and a lot of great ideas. Uh, but I, I don't think that I don't think people wrap their arms around Drew Kelly like they have other people. <laughs> maybe maybe that's because you're like I am. You know, you call it like it is. You say what you think uh, the truth is from the facts that you've been presented. You don't do it by, you know, I just feel this way. You say, hey, here's here's what's happening. Here's what the Constitution says, damn it. Here's what the Bill of Rights say. Why are we doing things differently than that? And and you're an originalist as well, are you not? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I count myself as one. And, and thank you for all those kind words. It's a nice way to, to, to start the morning. <laughs> I'm going to call you every morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're really good. Kelly, you do a good job. You're very, you're articulate. You're clear. You know, it's, it's, I've met a lot of people who are very, very smart that have very, very good ideas, but they can't articulate them well. You do. And that's really good for a writer because a lot of writers, when you bring them on the radio, uh, you know, I got to tell them shut up because they're, they're, they want to answer a question in 20 minutes instead of in right. uh, you know a couple of minutes. And you can you can break down to the essence of the subject and, and answer it. So you've written articles about how dangerous it is uh, in the country we live in now that people were so willingly and easily talked into giving up rights. And I said this on the air as well. I mean, I understand at the very beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak, we didn't know what we were dealing with. Uh, there was some, This was something that uh, the Chinese held back information and things of that nature. And that's not to say we haven't done the same here in this country. We have done that before. But the bottom line is we thought this was really really deadly we think thought covid19 was going to kill four to six percent of the people that became infected that would have been multiple millions of people in the united states dead uh, and now the cdc came out tuesday and said if you get the you know covid19 your chances of a fatality is 0. 0.03 that's about what it is for the flu uh, so bottom line is now 
uh, you know, everybody get with the program, we've got some real facts out there that we can deal with. So uh, do you blame Americans for giving, saying, you know, we'll let the government do what they need to do here at the beginning, but after that, uh, we want it to stop. But I still am kind of concerned that we did it so easily. Yeah, and what I'm concerned about is that there are um, factions or uh, powers, whatever you want to call it in this country, that attempt to seize the moment and apply Mm -hmm. additional layers of the sort of nanny state on our country every time a a crisis happens of this enormity. And it is a major crisis. We have a, a public health crisis. We've identified that, and it's, 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 it's massively different from 9-11, for example. But you can see some of the similarities in how certain authoritarian politicians or authoritarian leaning, you know, with the, the impulses of an authoritarian, come to the fore during these moments. And their first instinct is to pass new laws, to restrict our behavior to restrict our mobility and we saw that in 9-11 uh, with the TSA uh-huh. and uh, the, the, ma- the massive um, gymnastics that we had to go through just to, to get on a plane um, they're doing the same thing you, you know you've mentioned Governor Whitmer um, applying all sorts of restrictions that really don't make any sense for the short or long term like why can't you go and buy seeds at the local Walmart, yeah. um, and then and then find ways they'll find ways to continue those nanny state uh, restrictions beyond the crisis itself. And you see that you see that at the TSA today, uh, we we do the stick them up and we take off our shoes and um, we had one shoe bomber and he wasn't even successful. And uh, but we still take off our shoes at m- many of America's airports, and nobody questions why anymore because these these things have a way of sticking around when the crisis is over. And I think that you're you're articulating the the concern that um, we will continue to lead restricted lives even when there there's no more threat of a serious outbreak. Yeah, I yeah, tell you. I, I think that's what we got to watch out for. I I agree wholeheartedly with you. You know, you got to take your shoes off unless you're willing to pay a few extra dollars to the TSA, oh, and yeah. and they'll they'll allow to, allow you to leave your shoes on, and you can even leave your belt on. I mean, if people can't <laughs> see the re, you know the the stupidity in that, uh, you got a real problem there. I mean, you you really do. Or if you got a pen knife, oh come on. I couldn't hurt yeah. anybody badly with a pen knife if I a pen knife if I wanted to, but uh, we we have given we've given up a lot. I mean, I'm 67, uh, Kelly, and I look at my my uh, the country I live in now, and there's about a third of the stuff that I used to do, and nobody said anything. Now uh, they've got rules, regulations, and all kinds of uh, you know you got to go in and get a special kind of uh, form. Uh, to be able to do them, it's it's insane. Right. It really is. It's insane and it's scary. And people are right 
to get out and, and I believe, protest in front of their state capitals and say, enough is enough. Stop this. I have I have inalienable rights. Leave me alone. Yeah. And, and, you know, for their part, I think some of these governors are listening because we I'm in northern Virginia. And at the start of this thing, June 10th was the, the, the deadline day for lifting the shelter in place. Hmm, right. And last week, the rest of Virginia opened up phase one. And that's what, two, two weeks or so before the June 10th deadline. And now I just found out that the rest of Virginia, including myself, Northern Virginia, is going to open up uh, tomorrow. Now, Great. I'm not meaning phase one, but I yeah. think... I think there's the, the real pressure on these governors, de- Democrats or otherwise, to start opening up. And um, so they say that they've met whatever guidelines the White House has set out. I mean, I haven't seen the numbers, but I just think I think the protests are working. I think 40 million people out of jobs. These jobs reports, you know, uh, relentlessly every Thursday, just hammer home that we gotta we gotta get people back to work. Um, because I, who knows what it's going to look like when it does start opening up, which restaurants, which shops, which small businesses are going to actually be able to open up, and we're going to really see the carnage. Yep. Um, and I don't think it's going to be pretty, uh, but I, I feel like I think, I, I think that the people have been heard. Well, I'll tell you what, opening I, up. I went out to a restaurant last Thursday. We, we here in Arkansas have been opening for the last couple of weeks. And I went to them, and they can't be over a third uh, full. And it was the most surreal experience. Oh yeah, I, I've ever, I've ever, I've ever done. I mean, I was sitting at a table with a buddy of mine. We decided to get together, have lunch together, and, and see each other because we haven't since they closed everything down. And uh, we're sitting there talking, and I just started looking around. I said, "Are you, are you noticing this? How weird this is?" The nearest yeah. table to me was about 14 feet away (laughs) it was weird yeah i thought i hadn't bathed or something and i was assaulting somebody but the the thing was it was really really strange it just was strange i I can't even explain the feeling uh that i had then and but there was a feeling of wow this is not right (laughs) i think you're going to see an initial you know, people are going to be—they're uh, going to be eager to get out and do something, go to their local restaurant or bar or whatever. Um, but there's going to be a, a, a brief period of, of that—that surreal feeling, uh, people feeling a little uncomfortable, a little trepidatious about you know mingling closely with other people. Because let's face it, you spent the last three months at home being told that any contact with other human beings might be fatal. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be hard going to church. You know, my church just announced, you know, um, new guidelines for opening up. But uh, I probably won't get in the door because I'm always late for church. And <laughs> <laughs> they're probably going to do something like the first 50 people can come in and the rest of you, sorry, live stream at home. I gotcha. So, I, I've been doing that for several weeks now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, live streaming uh, on YouTube and uh, watching, and uh, we got a big church, and I mean, typically a daily Sunday service. We have 
couple, three services on any given Sunday, and there's anywhere from 875 to a little over 900 people sitting in that wow. uh, sanctuary. So, uh, you know, I'm waiting for phase two here in Arkansas. That should happen here so- soon. i got to get a break in here, uh, uh, Kelly. When we come back, I want to talk about, you know, what can we expect in the future is there enough of a remnant of real liberty-loving Americans to keep the government really under control? Let's talk about that when we return. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, Kelly Vallis is our guest. She's the editor of the American Conservative. If you've never read their magazine, you need to. Uh, I'm sure. What's your uh, What's your all's website, uh, Kelly? Sure. It's just www.theamericanconservative.com. Yeah, great, uh, great writing there, great articles to read, and uh, very uh, interesting material that you'll get that you won't get in other areas, I'll just tell you. All right, it's Dave Ellswick Show. Stay along with me. I want to talk about PI Roofing and how they've been uh, taking care of everybody during this pandemic time with all of the social distancing and everything else. Here's how Joel Johnson, the owner, feels. He wants you not to have to worry about your roof. If you got a leak and you're seeing discoloration on your ceiling in your house and you know that there's a problem or you walked outside, you know, you got really, uh, really courageous and you went outside and you looked up at your roof and you saw that you're missing some shingles because of some of the straight line winds that we've had in some of the thunderstorms we've had over the last few weeks. Uh, you can just call them at 707-3551, 707-3551, or visit them online at piroofing.com. Tell them what the problem is. They'll come out. They'll get on your roof. They won't knock on your door. They're going to get up on your roof. They're going to inspect it, figure out what the problem is. And then by phone or by uh, Internet, they're going to get back in touch with you. And you guys will map out with them what you want to do. They'll take care of everything to do with your insurance. uh, And uh, you'll get uh, your roof fixed. Now, that's the way to do it uh, so that you, you keep all the, the rules that you want to keep right now uh, because of COVID-19. Uh, so Joel wants you to know the last thing he wants you to do is have to worry about your roof when maybe you're worrying about where's your next paycheck coming from. So keep it in mind, PI Roofing, 707-3551 or piroofing.com. Traffic and weather right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue. 724, Kelly Vallis, our guest, the editor of uh, the American Conservative. She is our special guest today. And, Kelly, in some states, for instance, Arkansas, uh, we were not ordered to stay at home. We, they asked us. They said, we'd like you to social distance. We'd like you to do this. We'd like you to do that. If you went out, you wouldn't get stopped or whatever. There were other states, though, that, uh, you know, the... The vanguards of, uh, you know, discipline, the police, uh, were told if you see people driving around, uh, you have the right to, to stop them and to ask them why they're, why they're traveling. Well, traveling is a, a right of, under the Constitution. You have the right. doesn't mean you have the right to drive. You've got to have a license. That's a privilege part of it. But if you were walking down the sidewalk... Nobody should be bothering you about where you're going. So 
after the pan- this pandemic, COVID-19, is the country going to be more stressful, uh, stressed, uh, not stressed, uh, more uh, wanting to hold on to their rights or less willing to hold on to their rights? I, you know, I think it depends on what the stakes are. And I had a conversation about this earlier in the week because somebody asked me about employers using some sort of contact tracing, you know, uh-huh. some, some kind of screening or certification, like immunity certification, to allow workers to come back. And I think that's where you're going to see um, the, 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 the sort of struggle over individual liberties, because if you're being told you can't come back to work unless you submit some sort of papers or immunization or some proof that you have antibodies and any other, you know, personal health information, most people are going to be like, whatever it takes, man, I'm going back to work. Right. And um, that's that's really that's where that's where the die is going to be cast, I think. And it'll be interesting to see how far employers go screen and I mean on one hand you can understand like if you like and some employers are already doing this like if they have delivery people people are going to be coming in contact with food and then pe- and then customers they've been sort of like doing temperature checks for example and making sure people aren't coming to work sick I get that you know uh, but how far will it go you know will people mm-hmm. will they be demanding you know certain papers and you know, this, the governments are grappling with this now. You know, there's government. There are governments all over Europe that are considering a sort of passport for which you would go and get your immunity tests to see if you have these antibodies, these COVID antibodies, and then you'd be issued a so-called passport that would allow you to work and would allow you to travel across borders. And that's that's pretty scary. You know, because you you consider that you're you're handing the government over your um, personal health information. Next thing you know, they'll be demanding more information, and then that mm-hmm. allows the police or whatever authorities to stop you whenever, wherever, and demand your papers. Uh, uh, I don't see anything like that happening on a government scale here yet in the United States. But it's something it's something to be mindful of. They're they're a lot less they're a lot less uh, cognizant and you know of um, respectful of personal liberties and rights as we are here in the United States or in Europe, but uh, you know, you never know what might spill over here. All right, I'm going to ask a short question. I'm going to need a short answer because we're down to to about sixty yeah. seconds, and that's this: uh, apps that they want to put on phones that let them follow you, so that if you happen to get COVID-19, they can they can look and see where you've been. That kind of stuff sends ice water in my veins. Absolutely. And um, you'll be happy to know, as of right now, there are no mandatory apps like that in the U.S. The, the app that had been uh, developed by Apple and Google that just was released last week is completely voluntary, and it has no G- GPS tracking. So it uses Bluetooth, so um, it cannot pinpoint your your location or even identify you, and it's not hooked up to any central database, which um, people who are a little more uh, interested in, in tracking you are a little disappointed that the app isn't more intrusive. Yeah, I'm right. you're right. Uh, but uh, Google and Apple were, I, I, I've said this 
before or been a little smarter this time in developing something that's, that's much more um, cognizant of privacy concerns. So, so far, it's completely voluntary, which means it's probably not going to work because most people aren't going to want to download this app. All right, Kelly, let's do this again. We're out of time. TheAmericanConservative.com is the website. Kelly Vallis, the editor, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you. It was fun. All right, Kelly will be back in the in the near future. Right now, though, it's time for Rush Limbaugh. Let's get to Rush here on the Dave Ellswick Show.